Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, even in 2021, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Even in 2021? I'm still doing it with you for some <laughs> reason. Yes, I'm still here. Yeah. Still alive and kicking. I know you probably wish otherwise, but... Today we are chatting about The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller, and of course... We have to chat about the recent Netflix release. Maybe you've heard of it. A little thing called Bridgerton. But what? first. Wait, what? There's a TV sh- city- series about Bridgertons? What? When did this happen? <laughs> but first, Mom, besides Bridgerton, what have you been reading and watching? Okay, well, I'm going to start with reading. Okay. Because I've got a plethora. Yeah, as do I. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of group them in groups of books that go together. Okay. Um, so... In an earnest endeavor to get to my Goodreads uh, challenge challenge of 100 books, I read the whole series. You're going to have to remind me who recommended these things because I don't remember. Raquel. Okay. I read the whole Reindeer Falls series. Yes. We both had read Yes. Those. So by Jana Aston. Jana Aston. Jana. So what, yeah. It, it's not Jane Austen. No. <laughs> so close. Um. Uh, the Boss Who Stole Christmas, If You Give a Jerk a Gingerbread, and The One Night Stand Before Christmas. I'm not sure those are in order, but um, they were cute and fun and entertaining and yep. short. Yes. So um, all those things that I needed. Then I went down a black hole of Simone St. James. As recommended by listener Sarah. Yes. And I loved these books. Yeah, she did. So much. And I will read more, but I had to um, take a break from ghost mysteries for a while. Um, So I read The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. Then I read The Haunting of Maddie Claire by Simone St. James. Mm -hmm. Then I read Broken Girls by Simone St. James, which was really good. Um, And then I read Lost Among the Living by Simone St. James. So I read all four of those. Yes. And um, I, I really liked them. Yeah. Then I read From Blood and Ash by Jennifer. Jennifer L. Armentrout, which yeah. this was the book that won the best romance of the year um, on the Goodreads reading. Um, so I read it first and told mom. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I stealing your thunder? <laughs> kind of. Um, I read it and told mom that I thought she would like it and that she should read it. Um, and I also read the follow-up, the second book, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. Well, I've started that one. I had to take a break to read The Widow of Rose House yes. again. And then, um, I, I started the second one, The Kingdom of... Flesh and Fire. That one. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've been reading. And thanks to all of you for all of your, uh, lovely recommendations because it made my reading yeah. quite enjoyable. Yes. We had a lot. Um... I, for, for me, I, last time we spoke, I think I mentioned that I was, had started Single Dad Seeks Juliet by Max Monroe, which was cute and fun and enjoyable. Wait, was it by a dude or is it? No, it's by a girl. Okay. Whose name is Max Monroe. Okay. Um, and then I read kind of somewhat in the same vein, Happily Letter After, by Vi Keeland and Penelope Ward. Um, I don't want to say too much about that book, 
But I'll just say it it took an interesting turn that made me like it more than I maybe initially would have thought. Because <laughs> it kind of took me by surprise. Um, then I read Go Deep by Rilsey Adams just because I had seen it recommended. Um, it was very naughty, <laughs> as the title Go Deep might um, imply. Is it a football book? No. So it a, go is it a deep. sea diving book? <laughs> nope, no sea diving. Hmm. What else? Could what could it be? Go deep. Be go referring deep. to. Um, and then I read from Blood and Ash and Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. Those are some long books. They are long, so I'm trying to. It's like a lot of book to get. In, in. fact, on my Goodreads, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire was the longest book I read in 2020. So mine was Children of Dune because. I share a Kindle account with my husband. <laughs> so cheating is basically <laughs> well, what you're saying. Well, I didn't, I overread, he only read three books this year. I read 103. Okay, but your Kindle. page total okay, is whatever. Okay. way compensated. Yeah, I'm by. super worried about my page total. <laughs> um, and then after watching Bridgerton, I had listened to The Duke and I before Bridgerton came out. And so after finishing Bridgerton, I wanted to stay more with my Bridgerton my Bridgertons. So I listened to The Viscount Who Loved Me and an offer from a gentleman, and I'm currently in the middle of listening to Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which I don't know if you know this, but I love that book. Hmm. I, I didn't know. <laughs> um, what have we been watching over our holiday break, oh. Mom? Besides Bridgerton. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to remember. We've watched a lot of Taskmaster. Yes, you guys. Okay, and I, I've i seen a lot of people, like, because it's a British show. It's kind of like a comedy panel game show sort of uh, thing in the UK. Um, it's hilarious. It is really funny. And um, all of the episodes are for free on YouTube, which I love, and I wish that all of my British panel shows would do that. Um because I will, I will click through their stupid ads if they just give me good copies of all these British panel shows. But I've seen a lot of people in the comments on those YouTube videos saying, like, this is the perfect quarantine show ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> the most perfect quarantine show. So if, um, I even think it's, like, moderately family-friendly if you have well, older it's kids. Language. It's got some language, but whatever. Um, those Brits. Yeah. They, oh, those Brits. They make the F word so charming. Um, <laughs> but I love it. It's hilarious. Just start from series one and just plow is, on through like we've been doing. It is just a fun romp. Yeah. And you can watch like a season in an evening because there's like... Well, if you are like us and spend eight hours watching TV. What? Because Not everybody does that? Because the seasons keep getting longer and longer. As they we, do. As but we they go. were like six episodes when we, yeah, started. When we started. Now they... Then they went to eight and yeah. now they're at ten, I think. But yeah. um, anyway. It's just delightful. A lot of fun. We finished The Boys. Um, we did. Which was a crazy ride. Yeah. And I mean, that is a bonkers show. Yeah. I don't know that I could recommend that show to everybody, but we enjoyed it. Um, and there are some cute, there the are, boys. there are some cute, the boys on there. Um, we watched soul, which was very cute. Oh, that was sweet. We watched wonder woman, 1984. We did. Which I liked fine. Not it's as good as the first not one. Not as good as the first one. Um, after Bridgerton, we watched Sanditon, which both mom and I have never watched. And I said this in the Facebook group, um, why am I not supposed to root for her to end up with the charming, adorable, 
carpenter man. Um, he is. Who does a job with his hands. So cute. I bet he does. I mean, listen, I love Theo James, but Theo James is kind of a dick on that show. He is kind of a dick. I mean, I think he's kind of coming around to be less dickish. Yeah, he is. But, um, hello, that freaking, you know, architect, engineer, whatever yeah. he is, guy. Mr. Stringer. He is adorbs. He is adorable. And he's so sweet to her. And, um... What I'm worried about is if they were to get a second season, that it would just be her kind of stringing him along. His name is Stringer. Um, <laughs> her kind of stringing him along now that, spoiler alert, Theo James is engaged to, you know, that other girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, you guys. I mean, I liked it, but... Yeah, unless she ends up... I really want her to end up with Stringer. and no, and I don't think that that's Theo what James would and... ever be what would happen, but... Whatever. Um, he better get an HEA at least out of the whole thing. Or I, know. I'm I was pissed. telling mom, I'm like, maybe her sister should come and visit to Sanditon with her and he can fall in love with her and she can go off and be with grumpy Theo James. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he, he does take his clothes off a lot in the show, which, you know, I'm which always bless a, him for a that. fan of that. I mean, I, like I said, I, I like Theo James a whole, <laughs> a whole heck of a lot. Um, we also started Mr. Selfridge, which we need to get back on, but then we got caught up in the Taskmaster binge which we've been really hardcore binging that show yeah we have it's um, quite entertaining and then other than that we just watched a lot of christmas movies and well, stuff we did watch a little show called the bridgertons um bridgerton bridgerton sorry singular bridgerton <laughs> um we're going to talk about that in the second half okay um but, but it was in there it's in. it was in there <laughs> uh yeah you you best believe it was in there just like simon was in there ayo ayo uh, <laughs> well but he kept coming out too soon. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> he was in there, but not for long. <laughs> not long enough. <laughs> um, okay. Other than Bridgerton, today we are going to be talking about The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. It was her debut novel, which is good for her because yeah, it's a great book. A good Spoiler book. alert. Um, and it came out in October. Um, both mom and I read it in October, I believe. Um, back then, sometime at uh Rosie Dannon's uh, recommendation. Yes. So thanks to Rosie Dannon. Um, here's the back cover description for this book. It's 1875, and Alva Webster has perfected her stiff upper lip after three years of being pilloried in the presses of two continents over fleeing her abusive husband. Now his sudden death allows her to return to New York to make a fresh start, restoring Lufthaus. A dilapidated Hyde Park mansion, and hopefully her reputation at the same time. However, fresh starts aren't as easy as they seem, as Alva discovers when stories of a haunting at Lufthaus begin to reach her. But Alva doesn't believe in ghosts, so when the eccentric and brilliant professor Samuel Moore appears and informs her that he can get to the bottom of the mystery that surrounds Lufthaus, uh, she turns him down flat. She doesn't need any more complications in her life, especially not a handsome, convention-flouting, scandal-raising one like Sam. For- unfortunately, though, uh, Alva is loath to admit it. Sam-, Sam, a pioneer in electric lighting and a member of the nationally adored Moore family of scientists, is the only one who can help. Together, the two delve into the tragic secrets wreathing uh, Alva's new home while Sam attempts to unlock Alva's history and her heart. Mom, 
what did you think of The Widow of Rose House, uh-huh. both the first time and the second time that you read it? I don't think it's any secret because we've mentioned it on the show yes. other times. And in fact, I think you guys voted for it just because you all wanted an excuse to read it after <laughs> our recommendations of it. So um, here we are. I loved this book. Yeah, me too. I loved so much about this book. Yeah. It has a very different feel to it than most romances, but not so much that it doesn't not qualify as a romance. Well, there is some romancing going on. There is. Um, And Gilded Age is always kind of a nice diversion from the usual Regency and even Victorian that we... Well, and the ghost story in this one is fun because it's not your typical haunting and they're they have to kind of research out this mystery of who this ghost is and what their deal is and um spoiler alert the name of the book kind of gives some stuff away but yeah (laughs) but you don't really find it out until yeah um but it was just a delight to read it's right in my wheelhouse the whole yes it is mystery ghosty because i'm pretty sure i read it first and i was like mom you gotta read this book because this is so mom's catnip yeah. it's ridiculous and i think he got uh boyfriend of the year last year but no he was an honorable mention an honorable mention and the book got best historical of the year okay well both of those and i've good. told you that like eight times since we started talking so about this when book. he got best boyfriend last year <laughs> <laughs> he is just a sweet little okay well hold your horses you know we're gonna talk about him so okay he, he was nothing. He was just... Whatever, I don't, blah, I don't have whatever. Boring. <laughs> okay, before we talk about him, what did you think of Alva as our heroine? Um, I liked Alva. I I mean, she definitely came with a lot of baggage and had a lot of hot messness going on in the in her... I mean, she wasn't a hot mess. She was pretty on top of it, trying yeah. to take life by the horns and yeah. just had all kinds of garbage Doing being thrown at her. Doing the best with the hand she was dealt, yeah. which was a pretty sucky hand. Her too. husband... Was horrible. Her parents were, were horrible. horrible. Um, his brother was horrible. horrible. So she was just surrounded by horrible, horrible, horrible people. Yeah. And then she meets Sam. Who's the opposite of that. Who is not horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love her. I love that. Um, I always love when the heroine gets to be the stoic damaged one. Yeah. Not that I want women to be damaged, but... You know, women can be broken and grumpy, too, just like the men. <laughs> well, and she was trying to just, like, take life by the horns and get get yeah. herself back, you know, away from everything that had been plaguing her for so long. Well, and she's trying, you know, she's she puts up shields to cover a lot of hurt and, um, you know, trust issues and... Um, Luckily, Sam comes along. Yes, who is just this... The, the shield breaker. ...little puppy dog of a hero ever. Um, I love how strong she is, but most of all, I love how much he loves her strength and just, like, worships the ground she walks on from, like, jump. From, yeah. From, like, the first time he sees her. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, what do you think of Sam as our hero? Oh, he's okay. (laughs) I love Sam. And here's what I need to say. Um, I know we said that it would not be in qualification for best historical of 2021 but it he might still be in the running for best book boyfriend because he is i just i reread it and i'm like gosh i forgot how much i love him because he is the best well he's he's the love of my life he's just got it 
all going on. He's yeah. he's smart, but he's got that ah shucks kind of ness yeah. to him. He's kind of got like a nutty professor, like kind of. Uh, he's just sweet like, and charming, and he's just so cute and flirty, and he's just he. Is he everything. gets to be really funny. He's very sweet, um, but he's also kind of. A mess in his own right, in that he's very messy, apparently. Well, he's just, he, he gets kind of, he's kind of single-minded sometimes, yeah. and, and everything else kind of goes. To that, I love after they've had sex, and the maid walks in, and he <laughs> Drops like, a tray. <laughs> drops a tray. He's like, is that tray heavy? And he's just sitting there in bed naked, talking to the maid about, like, tell me more about, like, the... How can I fix this tea tray thing? <laughs> I love those moments, and... You know, how he just charms everybody he comes in contact with. And she, and she's always well, commenting about, like, women are just throwing food and cookies at like, you all the time. like, did you even order that? Why? Who brought that to you? Why is this a thing? Yeah. Um, I love that she insults him and he just, like, falls more in love with her. I love that. Well, the more she pushes, the more he's like, I need to help her. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just... Oh. Yeah. He is just the most charming, adorable like, hero. But I love that he's, like, because he's not beta in any, like, he's still very strong, and he still, like, really wants to, like, you know, she kind of compares him to a knight at one point, in that he's very virtuous and good, and he just wants to swear his troth to some, to her, essentially, and um, fight her battles for her, and... Um, that's just so hot. <laughs> well, and then he, when he realizes she wants to fight her own battles, he does back off. Yeah. So he's just, he's perfect. Yeah, he just, like, he recognizes, like, she can fight her own battles, but I want to be by her side yeah. when, when she is doing that. Um, even if it kills him to not be, like, taking care of it for her, you know? Um, and I really like that she kind of has to call him out a few times and be like, you recognize that you've led a very charmed life, though, and that... Well, he has this adorable family. Yeah. I really wish this was a series, because I... Well, I think it's... There's not going to not be connected books, okay. is what... Because I'd love for Henry to get a book. I'd love his, for Henry. man of business. Do you think Henry... She's very young, but might end up with Maggie. Well, he's younger than Sam. Okay. I think he's... Because it kind of seems like Maggie might have a little bit of a crush on Henry. Because, I mean, they talked like he was, I don't know, maybe as much as 10 years. Well, he was 10 when he came to stay with his, their family. Yeah. And um, and I think Sam was already 16 or 17, I want to say. Yeah. Um, I wondered if that was a thing. Uh, I kind of wonder if, like, each of the siblings will get a book I would... and that Maggie would end up with Henry. That would be adorable. And I would... Yeah be there for that because yeah. maggie is i also yeah because i love maggie i, I love, love maggie. benedict i love i love parents i love, I love them all and yeah. i want them all to be happy and i want to read a story about how they are happy <laughs> that's all i want out of life um yeah i also hope we get more of that family just because i love this kind of like mad scientist yes. family in the gilded age you know who are coming up with and el- who are just so sweet electricity with each other and things and- yeah and, um, so yeah, so I love that she kind of calls him on his bias of being a happy, blessed person. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, there's a lot of people out there who don't have what you've had. Yeah. And, um, he recognizes that he's lucky, but it, 
you know, that it colors his perception of, you know, the things that she's been through a bit and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just love him. He's the best. Yeah. And I really like them as a couple. I do too. I thought they were great. Um, what did you think of the ghost story element? I know you're a fan of a good I did, spook. and I really liked this ghost story because it was kind of a mystery as to what this ghost was all about, and they had to figure that out. And, by the way, she's the one that figures it out, that it's not... Because everyone who was being haunted... I mean, every time there was a haunting, it was different. Yeah. And so they couldn't figure out, well, who is this person, and, and why You know, why do they keep haunting like this? And, yeah. And anyway, so she's the one that figures that out, and uh, then they're able to move forward from there and figure out who the ghost is, mm-hmm. and they're able to work all that out. Yeah. I liked that... Um, it's, yeah, it feels like a very different kind of ghost story than we usually get. I mean, we usually get the ghost story that they keep getting from everybody that they talk to. It's, you know, a a, a maid who was impregnated and then she killed herself. And And that was one of the stories. But then another one was, you know, it was some rabble rouser who killed everybody or tried to kill everybody in the house and ended up killing himself and... You know, everybody's haunting was different. So, so, spoiler alert, what was your takeaway of what was going on? Well, I think she was just getting into people's heads and then playing with their own fears. Okay. Um, because it kind of, it, 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 tell me if, if this tracks for you. It kind of seems, too, like maybe when she was crazy, quote-unquote crazy, as a Rose, we're talking about Rose, uh, when she was crazy as a child and getting spooked in the house and in the insane asylum, was she maybe getting spooked by these future people? Like, was there a time travel element to it? I didn't, I didn't get that. Okay. So stop that right now. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. But I think mainly like all the things that she was dreaming about were the fears because the whole reason that sam was never really haunted is because he wasn't afraid of anything he didn't have fears there weren't things in his life that haunted him but when because when alva and rose kind of meet in the transcendence i don't know (laughs) wherever they (laughs) are whatever that was going on um and uh rose says i've seen you in my dreams and so I don't know, maybe just in her ethereal plane where ghosts are, she's been dreaming and she thinks she's just dreaming and... Well, I don't know that she realizes that she's... Dead. Or scaring people. Yeah. And so I think, you know, she gets in and and these nightmares are created in people's brains and it's part of her nightmare too. I mean, I think she's Because she did communicate with Sam. Yeah. With his math. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think that she was kind of in these people's brains and she could recognize them because yeah. she'd been there. Yeah. Yeah, so I liked that kind of twist. And I did like the scene where um, they were talking about the ghost with his family. And her mom was like, oh, I know you must be so disappointed. I know you really wanted a nest of ghosts. A nest of ghosts. You poor thing. <laughs> but they just get the one ghost. all excited because he thought he had an infestation of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I like that Rose was kind of a parallel to, like, Alva, and that Alva was also kind of living in her fear a little bit and kind of trapped in her fear, and so they kind of spend her and this ghost spend a lovely afternoon together. <laughs> a lovely day together. <laughs> Flying kites and doing all these And playing things. by the river and yeah. just... Um, and just kind of how that helps Alva kind of realize that she also needs to break free from... Yeah. Or, or just enjoy the life she has because yeah. not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah. And I also love that Rose kind of took out Alfred a little bit. I love that too. <laughs> it makes him go a little crazy because he's a very bad man. So he fears really deranged yeah, things. She, and she's like, can you imagine in his brain what she would have to play with in there? Yeah. Um, I Besides our other questions, I didn't have a lot of other questions about this one. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, I love the setting. I And I know I mentioned that, but um, it's, first of all, as an American, it's fun to get a historical set in, in America. In America. Um, and I like that there's more Gilded Age books coming out now, like with Joanna Shoup, and I know, I think Beverly Jenkins has some as well, um, and just kind of getting to explore a different time, and, you know, Gilded Age England, I mean, Gilded Age America is so different from Victorian or Regency England, I, I like the kind of vibrancy of America at that time, and, you know. Here's my thoughts that I had throughout this book, because you know me, I'm terribly practical, and I kept thinking, why on earth are you trying to restore this house? Just bulldoze it and start from scratch. Because everything they described about how broken it was, how yeah. moldy and nasty it was, how, you know, she needed to do all these changes, and I was just like, girl, just tear down that nasty house. They're rebuilding it to become I, a nice home. For... I understand that. I, I get the premise. But um, but even when she talked about, like, the outside, it didn't sound like it was very pretty from the outside. Yeah. I liked how, I think it's Sam and Henry drive up, and Henry's like, it's ugly. It's <laughs> an ugly house. <laughs> so it didn't sound like that. I mean, I get that she had a history where she, like, felt sorry for the house kind of thing. She yeah. had this run-in with the house when she was a child. Um, I get that. But, um, yeah, the practical person in me is like, ugh. Yeah, well, you're boring. Just um, move on. Also, you know... <laughs> it's that... a ghost and it's a nasty house. Just move on. Buy something different. <laughs> a Gilded Age book always makes me think of Hello, Dolly, too. Yes. Because they go to Delmonico's and that's... Uh, Delmonico's is mentioned in the Hello, Dolly song. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's wearing these gorgeous dresses and they're going out to dinners yeah. and they're just like... Oh. I love... I think it's so... Speaking of Gilded Age, I think it's hilarious to think that, like, people didn't know what spaghetti was. Um, yes. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That, like... That she'd never eaten Italian food? Yeah. I can't imagine in France, she never had Italian food. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I... He didn't like those dirty Italians. <laughs> those dirty Italians. No offense. That's a quote from the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I love Italian food so uh, much. So much. And it's like, um, a girlfriend, go get some of that Italian food. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... But just the descriptions of New York and the descriptions of, uh, you know, the... I was thinking, too, it would be... I bet this book would be even more interesting to people who know the neighborhoods of New York really well. Yeah. Because we don't. Um, 
because you can tell that when they're talking about certain areas, it's like, oh my gosh, that looks totally different now. Yeah. <laughs> and Well, um, even she was talking about that in the short 12 years she'd been gone, and even yeah. now, and then it's probably even way different now. Yeah. Um, I just like a historical that's not, like, as beset upon with class issues as Regency and Victorian tend to be. Well, and... Um, but she does talk about, you know, walking down the streets and pe- the upper class people just mingling with, and her parents would never go to a department store because they yeah. didn't want to have to shop in the same place as people who were not as, you know, rich as them. And her parents yeah. were really pretty awful. Yeah. And I love that whole scene where Sam's just, can you go tell him that I'm not going to do business with him or any of his company? <laughs> because it's of their behavior because, towards their daughter? Because he's a terrible father. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about sex, baby. Um, that's like yes. the off-key version. Um, the minor key version. What did you think of the sex scenes in this book? Um, yes, please. Yeah. Um, I loved... There's a lot of things... Okay, I'll just spoiler alert... I think that their first sex scene is my swooniest moment in this book. Okay. Because I love so much about that sex scene, not just, you know, the the sex. Um, I love when he shows up and she's wearing her nightgown and he's like, you need to put something on yeah. top of that. He <laughs> put that robe on. Uh, you better not move because... <laughs> and I love how he you know, lets her kind of tell him what to do. And I love how... And she's never... Like, this is the second time she's had sex in her life. And the first time... And she was married for 10 years. Yeah, and the first time did not sound like much to write home about. No. You know? It, it's her first O. Yeah. So, so you go, girl. Go it's more it. of that. Yeah. And I love how he's like, option one is I do this and this, this, and this to you. She's like, option, option one. one. <laughs> I want that. That's what I want. <laughs> And I love how it's handled, how when she starts, she's obviously got, because at one point in her marriage, her husband, like, choked her tried out. To, tried to strangle her. Yeah. And so, um, at one point during her sex scene with Sam, he starts kissing on her neck, and she realizes, I don't like that, because it's bringing up some bad memories, and he recognizes that she's getting uncomfortable and he like kind of puts a stop to everything and and I just love you know how he recognizes it's an uncomfortable moment for her and um she's like no keep going and and she's like I'm fine and he's like well I'm not like you're a lot of woman for a man like me to take (laughs) he kind of makes a a joke out of it to kind of calm her down yeah and then and kind of gets her Back into, you know, and moves forward without the neck issue. Gets her to recognize, gets her to admit that she doesn't like kissing on the neck, and then he moves forward. And I just loved how that was all handled, and I thought it was really sweet and just indicative of how much I love Sam. And yeah, I just really, I loved their whole sex scene, and I loved how they laughed a lot during it, and um, I just thought it was really sweet. I I would agree. So there you go. Um, what was your swooniest moment? My honorable mention for swooniest moment was... Um, you don't get two. Well, it you've already talked about it. It was when they faced down his par- her parents together. Yeah, that was, that was good. Because not only does he say, like, I'm not doing business, but then she also steals her mom's maid, which was also great. I like, and I know this is kind of um, 
gosh, I liked so much. Pretty much any scene Sam is in, I was just yeah, like swooning. But um, I, I liked it all. I liked when he first met her, and and she thought he was trying to proposition her for sex, and um, he's like, oh no, oh oh no no. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's all you can tell he's all embarrassed. Um, but I think I really liked the end where she was unconscious and he just laid there and held her and he just kept saying, I love you. Come back to me. I love you. Come back to me. And that, and she could hear that. Yeah. And she even said, I'll be there in a minute. You kind of something along those lines of, and he just had to like trust that she'd come back and that she knew what she was doing. And then the whole thing at the end with the countdown when she's, I mean, this is really her being swoony, but you know, first of all, second of all, and fifth, I love love you. you. Yeah. And um and that just kind of became the little catchphrase. Fifth, yeah. I love you. Yeah, that was really cute. Yeah, I just I love them. Um and you know, we're obviously in love with Sam, but I really loved her as a character too. I did too. I really and, liked her. Um just their story together I just thought was really sweet. And, and speaking of sweet mouse, I do love the part where um like when they have sex the second time and um she mounts him, as they yeah. say in the book, but she's on top and, and she's like, I've, I've wanted, I've been thinking of doing this for a long time. He's like, when? <laughs> she's like, what? And he's like, when? Tell me when you were thinking about it. She's like, well, on the train. Or he's like, we could have been doing this on the she's train. Like, we were talking about irrigation. She's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, we played bridge. She's like, yeah, I was thinking about it then. And he's like, oh my oh, gosh. gosh. What a wasted opportunity. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cute. He gets, he's just, He's so funny and, yeah. like, charming, and that is, like, my catnip. I love it. Uh, mine as well, dear. Yeah. Um, let's hear what some of you thought of this book. I think I, it's safe to say this one was a pretty big success for everybody. Amy says, I read this book in the weeks before Christmas because I was so busy preparing for the holidays, I only had time to read it in bits and pieces. It was sometimes several days between each time I sat down to read, which made it really hard to get into and maintain my interest. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I had read it all within a few days. Best line, the world is so much better with your name in it. And Mm. she says, P.S. I thought the cover was gorgeous. I totally get that, Amy, because I've had books like that too, where it's like you can't quite... I think there's some books that I enjoy more because I read it in one sitting than, or vice versa, you know, like I enjoy it more because I spread it out more. And I think it just kind of depends on the book. Sarah, one of our Sarahs says, um, I read this a few weeks ago. I really enjoyed it, especially since I was on a bit of a spooky book kick after reading The Sundown Motel. Um, I went on the same kick, so... We should go, Sarah. (laughs) Sarah's the one who recommended. Yes, I know. Um, She says, I loved Sam, Swoon, and his entire quirky family and Alva's resilience. The banter was great, too. I didn't know what to expect going in, but I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Loved it. Cassie says, I loved this book. I held off on reading it because I thought it was a thriller based on the cover. I'm so glad you chose it for the podcast because I may not have read it otherwise. Alba was a fantastic heroine. She had a backstory. She was strong and interesting. Sam, swoon. My usual book boyfriend is a standoffish, grumpy hero, but Sam was such a refreshing break from that. He was quirky and funny and knew what he wanted and was all about Alba. I loved it. The house was kind of a character itself, and it added something to the story. I enjoyed the ghostly aspects of the story. I actually laughed out loud a couple times while reading, and the romantic relationship between Sam and Alva was well-developed and well-paced. The book was a winner for me. Um, 
I get your hesitancy because I I think I'm glad that this book came out in October because I was looking for Something kind of spooky. a spooky book. And um but I don't always necessarily gravitate to spooky like mom does. Um and so I think I picked it up thinking it was going to be spookier than it was and it's really not all that spooky. I mean besides yeah. The there's, ghost. <laughs> there's very few incidents where we're actually reading about. But it's not like a heavy book. It's not, it's still, it's still fun yeah. and it's still enjoyable and lovely and all of those things. And I think I was anticipating it to be more kind of angst. There's still, there's a lot of like angsty stuff that happens, but, um, but I think it was more light and enjoyable than I was expecting it to be, which I think is what Cassie was also getting at. Um, Dana says, I loved this book. I enjoyed the 1870s setting combined with a ghost story, gothic house, and entrancing romance. Sam is a pretty, is pretty dang perfect. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I enjoyed reading how he embraced Alva for who she was rather than judging her, all with a sweet sense of humor. The 19th century ghost hunter professor was, profession was fascinating. Alva was feisty, independent, and amazing. Love these characters. Great pick. Um, I love that... Somebody calls him a ghost hunter. He's like, no, 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 I'm not a ghost hunter. I just want to meet them and chat with them. <laughs> and so he's like, so you're a ghost social climber. He's like, yeah, yes. much, much better. <laughs> um, Elizabeth says, I really enjoyed this one. I read it around Halloween because of the promised gothic vibe, and it did not disappoint. I don't read a lot of historicals because I tend to have a hard time connecting with them, but this one hooked me right away due to Alva's design profession and my abiding love for home renovation shows. I know, didn't she want to see, like, <laughs> Alva and Sam as, like, a fixer-upper type couple? Um... Elizabeth continues, then the sexy, nerdy Ghostbuster came on the scene and I was done for. Even though it was set in the 1800s, this felt fresh and fun. I'll definitely want to read the next one by this author. Likewise. And hopefully it's one of the Morse. Yeah, hopefully it's connected in some way. Um, Natalie says, I loved this book. I loved the setting and historical period, the ghostly elements, the renovation projects, Sam's wacky family, Alva's tough by necessity exterior getting slowly melted away. But most of all, I loved Sam so, so much. <laughs> so, so much. That's the main takeaway. Um, Jess says, I read this book last year for book club and really loved it. I loved Alva. I super loved Sam. Such a top book boyfriend. I adored Sam's crazy family and I enjoyed the setting, time period, and supernatural elements. I also want more books featuring Sam's family. I'm hoping to reread the book this weekend to refresh myself before listening to the podcast. Can't wait to hear what you two think of the book. Um, loved it. Loved it. That's what we think. Um, Karen says, loved this one. I was hesitant to read it because I hate being scared, but I enjoyed it from the first chapter. I ended up being invested in the ghost story elements without being scared by them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a scary book. No, not in any... That's why the the ghost story is very kind of low-key. It's not... There's not a lot of, like, walking through a dark house with things jumping out at you. Yeah, like not at all. Like they were trying to get that to happen and it wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Karen continues. I uh, enjoyed Alva and Sam and by the end really felt they deserved their HEA together. Couldn't get enough Sam's family. I would never have read it if not for this group and so glad I did it. It felt fresh uh, and unique. Would love to see this one as a movie. There were so many scenes I could picture so clearly in my mind. The cover is gorgeous. After having read the book, I think very fitting. I would love to see this one as a movie. It would make such a good ghost story just because of the plane and people's brains thing would just make it, I mean, you could make it, it would be like 
you know, 14 different ghost stories. I mean, yeah. you could really play it up. It would make a great movie. Yeah. I, but I just want anything that I read to be made into a movie. And I know. And I would say, I do the same thing. And I sit and say, who would be good to play this part? Anytime someone is blonde, mom is like Chris Hemsworth. Well, and Chris Hemsworth isn't even blonde. He whatever. was just blonde in Thor. Okay. And it, it doesn't even have to be that blonde because he's like Sandy blonde. But um, the reason that I say Chris Hemsworth is because, A, I love Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> B, because um, Sam has that kind of funny edge to him and Chris Hemsworth is really good at doing comedy. Yeah. And I think he could, and he's good, you know, easy on the eyes. Is he? <laughs> is and um i don't know i just think that he would be a good fit for this but if they cast someone else in there which i get not everyone can afford a chris hemsworth i would be okay with that yeah shannon says dark and funny this was a heavy but wonderful start to 2021 i wasn't sure what to make of the premise but i really loved alva's strength and determination to make something of her life for herself the ghost story added a wonderful gothic spooky mystery to the story, but I found it confusing and hard to follow at times. The real treat of the whole book is Sam. He is just so kind and considerate and wonderful. He just makes me melt even when he becomes a bit of an absent-minded professor. And I just love all the other characters as well. The Moore family are just perfectly imperfect and his man of business, Henry, ever the orderly one. I hope to read a book with him as the hero one day. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have to say, I loved the part where, um, uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. It was super good. I bet. I put this one in January because I thought it kind of had like a good, even if it's not Halloween, it still has kind of like a spooky, well, cold. It's, a, it's very winter. Wintry and the book. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on unless you remember. That's fine. And I'll just pop in again if I, I when, once it comes back into my brain, my old lady brain. Um, Nara, our buddy Nara said, I couldn't put this book down. I was having so much fun. Loved the gothic and spooky vibe. Alva is a great heroine who deserved to be happy and Sam couldn't be more charming. His family is the best. I found myself really invested in the ghost story. Is it real? Is it not? I don't know if the book is part of a series, but it definitely would be one I'd gladly read. Yeah. She needs to make this a series. Um, yes. So if she listens Diana, to the podcast, which I'm sure she is, because everyone just waits with bated breath for yeah. our podcast to come out. Um, I do remember what I was going to say. I did love, one of the things that I really loved about Sam is his whole, I don't care, attitude. Like with everything, she kept yeah. thinking she was dumping these things on him that was going to make him run. And he's like... I don't care. So she's like, yeah, my husband said all this stuff about me and made me sound like I was having orgies and doing all this. She says, none of it's true. And he's like, I wouldn't care if it was true. He's like, yeah, he's <laughs> I don't care. I, he's like, I didn't think it was just because of who you are as a person, but I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, and that's part of his, like, uh, who just, Shannon said his absent-minded professor vibe is he just doesn't care yeah. about like what he, he doesn't care about society at all which is you know refreshing. well and i love when she says like for someone who has to be like pretty rich you sure don't seem to like rich people very much <laughs> and i thought that was funny um deanna says i haven't finished yet but love it so far the banter is amazing henry needs his own story unless it wraps up in this one i haven't gotten there yet it does not spoiler alert um also sam might be my new top book boyfriend mm, yeah he's a good one uh, Juliet says, I really liked this book. I'm not typically a spooky book reader as I am a big scaredy cat, but I enjoy the balance of hauntings and romance in this book. I loved Sam. His unending joy and good humor 
one of my favorite parts of this book, especially since I felt like most period books have a hero that is grumpy or has a bit of a big temper. So I really appreciated him as a character. I also really, uh, I was also really happy that Alva got her happy ending because that sweet girl has had too much sorrow in her life and deserved to be loved unconditionally. Yes. I love how like he would see her smile and was just like, more people need to see that. Like, I, I just want to make her smile for the rest of my life. I'm like, God. Well, and I like how she asked both the brothers, you know, what's your mother's name? And they're like, what do you mean? Who cares? Yeah. And it's like, could you be more of a dick about yeah. your mom? Yeah. Um, and that, that was, that she was like the only one that cared what his mother's name was. Yes. Like, know? no one in that family cared at all yeah. about their mother. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I I also was just really glad that she got to be happy and realized that she deserved to be happy yeah. and move on. Um, Kathy on Instagram said, Love it to death. I adore Sam and Alva. Sam is such a smitten hero, my fave. And I love Alva's courage and tenacity. And then Cassie on Twitter said, It was absolutely delightful from start to finish. The Characters are tremendously captivating, even the minor ones, and I sincerely hope this book gets a sequel. As do we. Yeah. Um, and we, I definitely am going to check out, you know, her her next books as they come yeah. out. Even if it's um, not a ghost story, even if it's, you know, something different. But Yeah, because, I mean, I, I liked the ghost story, but that wasn't even my favorite part. So I'm willing to uh, definitely check out anything that she writes coming up, so... True. Diana, if you're listening, we're here for it. Yeah. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter which and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On January 11th, we will be chatting about... Spoiler alert by Olivia Dade. And for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be chatting about, spoiler alert, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. With some spoiler alerts. Bridgerton. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, so stay with us. Hi, No Yomos. Ellen here with another recommendation for the new year. If you, like me, are already missing some of the family business drama that you get from a Hallmark Christmas movie, then this one sounds like it will scratch that itch. I also sometimes get in a mood where I really want a cowboy book but never know where to start. So if you're like me, this would be a great place to start. It's a new book from Kate Pierce in her Millers of Morgan Valley series called The Rancher Meets His Match. And listen to this book description and tell me if you don't want to read it. Kate and Miller may be the family jokester, love it, but he takes his work on their ranch very seriously, and as a sought-after master carpenter to boot, he's busier than ever. Still, when he's asked to renovate the neighboring ranch, he's more than willing. The owner, Juan Garcia, is ailing, and Caden expects to find the property pretty run down. He doesn't expect to find his old nemesis, Juan's daughter, Julia, overseeing his work. Julia's not sure why Caden never liked her, but if working with him makes life easier for her father, so be it. 
Yet to her surprise, not only is Caden great with her father, he's great with her too. As the weeks pass, it becomes harder to ignore their simmering attraction. And when Julia's boss turns up with a sweet deal, both she and Caden will have to decide where their loyalties and their hearts lie. I'm adding it to my modern cowboy TBR, and you should too. If you read it, let us know what you think. It sounds like it's got some possible enemies to lovers or maybe perceived enemies to lovers. Who knows? So read it. Let us know what you think. And uh, I'll see you next time with another recommendation. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail in 2021. Glad you had that last little bit. <laughs> um, so the only thing we have for the break segment this time is um, we have our final trope challenge drawing of 2020 uh, for December. Now, there was a very broad scope of books you could have read for tw- for this December challenge. It was Forced Proximity or a Christmas book or some sort of holiday book or we added... Santa Erotica, much to <laughs> Jessica's chagrin. Some, for some crazy reason. Because <laughs> um, who knew that was a thing? Yeah, and you got double entries if you read Santa Erotica. So, just saying. <sighs> Girls. It would have been a great, great way <laughs> to get yourself added to the, the lineup. Um, and then special about this month is Mom and I are providing the prize for Jessica has been so kind as to be mailing out. She's organized this whole trope challenge. She's done a great job. She's been mailing out these adorable romancy stickers and such, and um, we love her for it. So we told her we wanted to take the, some of the burden off and um, send out the prize for the winner of the December and, you know, the final... Close and it out. was a big one. There were quite a few names on the yes. list. So we had, I think, like the most that we've had for I, all the trope challenges. It, it, had, it uh, was. Um, yes. So, Mom, tell us who is the winner for the December trope challenge. It is Lori Lieberman. Lori Lieberman. So, Lori, I'm going to be getting in contact with you to get your details so that we can send you your mystery mystery prize it's pretty good i think it's pretty good although i did screw it up but it's pretty good still well it's like hardly noticeable screw up it's noticeable to me so um so when you get it and you see the screw up i want you to really post on something about how screwed up i messed up like nobody's business um Lori, thank you for participating. And to all of you, thank you for participating. And to Jessica, thank you for organizing. And Jessica has a really great uh, trope challenge, not trope challenge, but a reading challenge for this year where every month is a different region Region. of the world. And January is Africa. So we're doing romance around the world for 2021. And so in January, you're supposed to read a book that is set in Africa or at the very least written by an African author. I, I was trying to think if I've ever even read a book that um, is set in Africa. And the only one I could think of was, and I don't even know if it was the first one, but in the Spotless series. Yeah, they, somebody said the Spotless. They go to Africa yeah. for a, a, a hot minute. Yeah, somebody recommended that as an option. And I know that Alyssa Cole has some. There's a good thread going on if you want to um, check out maybe some options to get yourself involved for the January challenge. 
Um, and we recommend doing that. And and if you haven't read the Spotless series, read the Spotless yeah, series. Yeah, mom loves that. Um, okay, so that is it for our break. And thank you to everybody for participating. And we'll see you next time. Welcome back. So there's a little thing that happened on December 25th, and it's not that usual thing that happens on December 25th, <laughs> although that still happened too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not talking about Christmas. Bridgerton came out. Now, unless you've been living under the proverbial romance rock. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm almost kind of sick of it on Facebook. I'm like, Can anybody talk about anything besides Bridgerton? Um, yeah, like my, all of my social media feeds now are very romantic centric and like, it's just been Bridgerton, which I am not opposed to. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. There's some beautiful people in this movie, in this show. show. Yeah. Um, so it's a new TV series based on Julia Quinn's series of books. The first is mainly, the first season is mainly concerned with the first book in the series, The Duke and I. Um, now, you know, we love these books. I don't know if. We've made that clear, but we we did the rom- we did romancing Mr. Bridgerton a while back on the podcast um, because we love because it. we love that book. Um, so we're just going to kind of touch on some things about the series and talk about some of our thoughts. So, Mom, just overall, what did you think of the series? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I um, there's just there's several things that I want to talk about, and I'm sure that you have questions yeah. you're going to posed to me so I won't talk about too much um but uh, I thought I thought it was a fantastic adaptation I understand that she needed storylines to overlap in order to get as many characters involved as possible and I think she did a really good job with that Mm -hmm. and um well we're saying she and it's because Shonda Rhimes is like a producer but but not the creator of the show um but just overall, when we say she, we're just referring to the team as a whole. It's the show, like a ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's a she. <laughs> yeah. It's like the ghost in the Widow of Rose House. Yeah. It just it's feels a, like a she. It feels like a she. Um, anyway, I thought it was really well done. It was super enjoyable to watch. It was just fun to watch one of our romance novels yeah. that we love so much come to the screen. And the casting was off the charts. Yeah. And I just thought it was just a great time in fact talking about it makes me want to go watch the whole thing again and i need to do that uh we haven't done any rewatches of it we've watched moments over again yeah um i like you i think it's as and i know that there are some of you that are going to disagree with me but i think but you're wrong and we're right (laughs) i think it's as close to a perfect adaptation as we could possibly ask for for a series of romance books um I get that there's some quibbles from readers um, on characterizations and storylines overlapping and things like that, but you have to remember that when you're reading The Duke and I, what is Anthony doing? What is Benedict doing? What is Colin doing? And they need to have something to do on the show. I would much rather have it be kind of a serialized... um, show than never getting to see Benedict and Colin and Anthony, you know, we would um, be very yes, sad. <laughs> we would be very sad about that. I don't care what they're doing as long as they're on the screen. Um, so I, I thought it was great. I think a lot of the choices that they, I mean, well, we'll talk about this in a second. Um, but I, I thought a lot of 
the choices that they made to incorporate certain storylines into this first season were really clever. Um, I, I just really, I really loved it a lot. And I think it's, well, a lot of it was a lot of the storyline overlapping that I'm referring to is stuff that's in other books, but it's like told as backstory in the other books. And so now they're showing it to us in real time in, in this book. And, um, I'm here for it. I don't have a problem with it. I think it was really well done. Yeah. And also, if nothing else, and mom kind of touched on this, but I love the idea that, I mean, this is already getting more people to read the books, the Bridgerton books, which you know is going to get more people reading romance. And you know that it's going to get more production companies looking to romance as a viable source for making movies and TV shows. So if nothing else, let's be so freaking grateful for that. Right. Like, and I'm Because so Virgin excited. River was a big deal when it came out. Yeah. It was in the number one slot for quite a while. Yeah. And Bridgerton was in the number one slot for quite a while on Netflix. So thank you, Netflix. Yeah. You're amazing. And let's do more of it. Yeah. I've got this series of books. It's about these bearded brothers. <laughs> let's check it out. They are hot. <laughs> um, okay. What did you think of the depiction of Simon and Daphne? I thought it was great. And here's one thing. Uh, here's my one quibble. I wish that it had just been a colorblind um, casting. I don't like that they feel the need to try to justify it. Yeah. Explain why there's... Yeah. Just... Cast it and let it be that way. Like Hamilton. I mean, yeah, yeah George Washington wasn't black. Okay. Um, but no one cares. It's still fantastic. And there's, and I know that there's like um, some historical uh, credence to the fact that maybe Queen Charlotte had some right. black well, ancestry and things, things like that. Things on Facebook trying to justify it. And just, it's like, why do we have to justify it? Just yeah. let them be black. Like, I don't understand. Cares? Yeah. It's, Let's, and let, and the, the thing, here's what, here's the Was thing. he hard to look at? No. So. <laughs> he most certainly was, was not. not. Um, here's the thing that I, I wish, I also wish that they hadn't felt the need to explain it because while it explains why there's a lot of black people, it doesn't necessarily explain why there's a lot of other ethnicities around. So I would much rather them have just not explained it and just. Let, just let, let it go. Be diverse as the rainbow, and um, yeah, I, and I think you know I'm here for it. I yeah. would have embraced it. Yeah, don't try to explain it to me. Just yeah. let it happen. Okay. Other than that, depiction, Other than of, that. depiction of Simon and Daphne. Simon and Daphne. Um, I yeah. thought she was a great Daphne. She is I, gorgeous, she and is she gorgeous. was a beautiful little Daphne. And yeah. um, I even liked the bangs, you guys. I know that there's a lot of hate I for the, the bangs, bangs too. I but didn't... and I think that they are used to make them look younger. I than agree, they are. especially with Eloise. Yeah, and um, I think that because newsflash, these women are like in their thirties. Um, yeah, and, and they're playing twenty-year-old ingenues, and they want them to be able to age as the series goes yeah. on. I have a feeling, and so they're trying to make them look young now, so that they can make them look older as the series goes on. And um, I loved Daphne. I thought she was beautiful. I thought she did a fantastic job. I liked, you know, seeing her strength come out. She kind of yeah. was mousy at the beginning, but you know, well, and that, um, you know, she's she she does get caught up in kind of the. Uh, 
machinations of society at that time and right. um and recognizes that her role is to get a good marriage but also she's like i'm not gonna let anthony boss me around right. kind of thing um and then simon um <sighs> so he is very hot <laughs> and it cracks me up to go on i've just been like living on the bridgerton tag on um instagram on in- well no twitter has been the funniest um and just twitter is thirsty for uh for Simon. I get it. And I also get it. <laughs> um, he's very hot. And I loved the like, the like arm porn where he's rolling up his sleeves and licking a spoon. And uh, that spoon has become like a whole Twitter yeah, meme. Yeah, it's in got and of like itself. its own life. <laughs> but um, anyway, yes. So in answer to your question about Daphne and Simon, yes. Yeah. I, said. I, I really liked them. And I really liked the, yeah, just the overall depiction of their story. Um Let's talk, let's touch briefly on the controversial scene that is from the book. Oh. Um, we're going to touch on it lightly because we don't really want to get into it. Um, but I do think it needs to be talked about. Um, I've seen some people say that they've like heard that the depiction of, so I'll, I'll just say in the book um, and in the show, he... <laughs> There's a lot of Twitter uh, Twitter tweets about uh, Simon's pullout game because he um, does not want to bear children. And so rather than finishing inside of her, he pulls out. And um, I just want to sit and watch you try to discuss this one. <laughs> By the way, you guys, I watched this whole season with my mom and my dad in the room. Okay. And well, the books you and I read, for heaven's sake, I know. Ellen. I know. But it's just... It's added because I've seen some people saying, I tried to watch it with my mom. I'm like, oh, I watched it with my mom and my dad. So, yeah. and we read books like this all the time it's together. True. So, <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a point in the book. There's a point in the book where Daphne catches on to what is, cause she does not even realize how sex works and that when he pulls out, he is taking away. His, and he was using her naivete yes, against her to his advantage. Um, and so when she figures it out, in the book, she gets him drunk and then basically takes advantage of the fact that he is drunk and makes him finish inside of her. Yes. Is that okay? Um, I've seen some people say, I've heard that it's worse in the show. I, I have to wholly, heartily disagree. Wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah. It is way less He's, he's not rapey. Drunk. I don't want to use the word rapey, but... He's not drunk, so that is one thing. Um, he... there, there also seems to be... It seems pretty clear that they were very cognizant of how they wanted to do this because... How, the, in the, how they worded it. In the book, he says, like, no, stop. And in this, he in the show, I don't remember him saying no, stop. I think and he I just says Daphne. And I don't even think he, like, fully gets out the word wait. <laughs> um... So I think it's handled in the show much better than it is handled in the book. And you are and, free to disagree with us, but yeah. you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we can have a conversation about whether it should have been in the show at all. Um, I do think it's a pretty integral part to their story, and I don't know how... And to the plot of the whole thing. Yeah. And him, re- her calling him on his crap about... You're going to let this horrible, horrible father continue to destroy your happiness. Yeah. 
And if somebody has ideas as to how you get rid of that scene, you know, while still maintaining the essence of the plot, I would love to hear it because... Because even um, in the book, after she does that, they do, like, separate for a while and she goes home for a while. And so it's kind of a very integral part to their storyline. Yeah. I saw an article that was reviewing the show and they said that... This show, and you know, this is obviously from someone who doesn't read romance, so they don't also know that romance touches on this all the time, but that the show um, shows that marriage is not a happily ever after. A happily ever after is finding satisfaction in your marriage with, you know, someone that you can be happy with for the rest of your right. life. So Which just what, getting married doesn't mean that you've yeah. got your happily ever after. So this that's what the show shows. And, um, and I really liked that, you know, there's... They get married, you know, I think, like, in episode five, because that's when <laughs> the sex scene happens. Um, and so, and then there's, you know, three episodes of them working it out in in their marriage. Um, and I, I liked that. I mean, that's how it is in the book as well. But. Right. And I don't... It's also a historical, and I don't think you could get away with something like that today because people are more educated on yeah. sex. But um, um, I thought it was handled really well. Yeah, and it's it's showing, um, you know, how sheltered these girls were kept from any knowledge. Yeah. And in the books, Daphne makes a point of chatting with her sisters and stuff when they get yeah. ma- go to get married because she wants them not to be like she was. Yeah. Um, what did you think? This is another controversial point of the show. Oh, I'm all about the controversial. What, Bring did, it. what did you think of the portrayal of Anthony? I... Thought it was fantastic. Me I do. I get. First of all, if you when you read Anthony's book, it's all about how he was a rake, how he was. In fact, one of the reasons he didn't want her to marry Simon is because he knew what a rake Simon was because they'd been out raking together. Yeah. And um, but he was a rake. He'd been having an affair with an opera singer for a long time, and that's and she shows up in his book. In his book, in fact, Kate walks in on them. Yeah. And um. So you can't not have him have, you know, being a rake and having an affair with an opera singer. That's what he'd been doing. And everybody knew about it. His family knew about it. Um, He was probably a little more dickish in the show than he was in, in the books. He was though in the books. Overbearing. He was overbearing. And he, and it's because he really was feeling the pressure of having to take care of all these and that, and that is true to his character, is that yeah. he feels immense pressure. And I like, um, you know, it's different from the book, but I liked the conversation that him and his mom have where, you know, she's like, you need to step up to the plate and do a better job than what you're doing now. I know that you feel pressure to, you know. And I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, my god! season two comes around and he gets, and he meets Kate. And she just calls him out all his crap. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. And we're going to love it so much. Because here's the other thing. With a show versus a book. With a book, you have more words to describe a person. You have more inner monologues, too. Yes. And you have, um, you know, like, this is who Anthony is as as a person. But with a show, you have to show that. Like, you can't just have Julie Andrews telling you everything about Anthony. (laughs) Um, so they tend to make characters a little over the top. Yeah. So they, that you get... They're slightly more caricature-ish. And so if we need to, if, 
you know, not us, the book readers, because we know Anthony, but they need to get everybody on board with the fact that Anthony feels pressure to navigate his family and take care of his family and he doesn't always do it well, which is also true in the book, Anthony. Um, and so I think that they went over the top with him not always making the right decisions, but now he's going to be completely humbled by love. And I, and we live for that, you guys. <laughs> I, everybody's so angry at Anthony and I'm just like, okay, just remember that all y'all are hating on Anthony because next season we're going to be swooning our guts out over him. Yeah. And um, everybody loves a reformed rake yes. and that's what he's going to be. He's yeah. been the rakiest of rakes and now he's going to get reformed. Yeah. I'm so here and for it. Kate and is going to bring him to his knees. Yes. Literally, probably. I'm so excited. Um, so that's my thoughts on Anthony, who I think is, like, looks-wise, the one who does it for me the most on that show. Oh, it's hard for me to tell. All those boys are pretty delicious. Yeah. Anthony um, just really has this, like, swagger about him that I'm... And I love how they've made Benedict's character so... You know, Very artsy. artsy, and he's the one that Eloise goes to because she knows that he's gonna be sweet to her, and yeah. and he is very cute as well. Um, okay, what did you think of Colin, the Colin Penelope Marina storyline? Well, first of all, Colin Penelope. Anytime they're on the screen together, I'm just oh, like, <laughs> you guys. When Penelope shows up at Eloise's door and she's like crying, I started crying because I'm like Penelope, my sweet baby <laughs> angel. Um. um but the Marina story, I'm not sure that everyone caught on to who she even well, was. I think all, everybody does at this point. But I, this is one of the things I was talking about when I said, I think it's very clever how they incorporated this because they... This is all backstory from Eloise's book. Yes. And um, they're really... I think, it's, I think it's cool that all these scenes that we've seen play out as backstory, Anthony and Sienna... Um, Marina and Philip, um, and all these things that we see as backstory in the other books, we are actually getting to see play out. And I'm excited to see if we get to see Francesca and her first marriage yeah. in this next season. And, um, yeah, just things like that. And, um, we get to kind of, and I, and I'm curious to see if we see Marina and Philip's marriage in the next season. And if we spend any time following with, them yeah um so and i know that there's some people that don't love that colin and marina have this history now um but it's gonna add more drama it interconnects the characters more which you know you need well and, and it kind gave of colin a reason to take off take off yeah and go do his little tour yeah and um I think it I gives guess it's a grand tour, not some a little tour. More tragic backstory to Colin and Penelope, and um, and it's like I said, I think it's just going to interconnect the stories more than just like Daphne and Simon's book, Anthony's yeah. book. They can't all be Benedict's isolated book. like they are in the books. Yeah. So I think it's a. I thought it was a great tool for integrating that storyline, so that when we do get to Alloways, we're you invested. Know, yeah. And I'm curious to see. If they modify, you know, what happens to Marina without spoiling too much, um, if they, how, how they handle that. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious too. Um, what was your favorite moment of the series? Oh, goodness sake. Um, 
pretty okay. I know what my favorite moment of the series. Is. I have a feeling I know what it is when Elvis comes in and she says. <laughs> <laughs> do you not have to be married to have babies or get pregnant or something? Apparently it's not, not a even a requirement. requirement. <laughs> and and she, her brothers are all... Mm. Well, she's like, do you guys know where they come from? And he's like, don't ask, don't talk to me right now. Don't talk to, and then the, Colin's like, we're going to go... Have you been to a farm, Elf? We're going to go take out our sticks or something. And her, and he's, her mom's like, the mom's like, Colin Bridgerton. He's like, fencing, we're going to go fencing. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I love any moment where all the Bridgerton siblings are together and just kind of like running around each other. And Well, and I love, I love the family dynamic. That's the yeah. thing they caught the best, I think, yeah. is the whole family dynamic. And even a lot of it's done with like handheld cameras. So it's just moving around because you just get this sense of chaos and mm -hmm. craziness. And that's kind of what the books, you know, give you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was just delightful. Yeah, and I loved, I loved all of them. Um, I love, I loved the buildup of Eloise and Penelope's friendship. I thought that was really sweet. And, um, and I thought she was a great Penelope, Nicola Coughlin. I think she was great Penelope. I think all the casting, there wasn't anyone that I thought, oh, I don't like that person. It's yeah. I thought all the casting was fantastic. I thought Violet was a great Violet. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I and loved. even getting all the Featherington story, you know, kind of that, which yeah. is kind of enhanced. But, um, well, and different than yeah. it is in the books. But that's what they I mean. need to. But you guys, I I know. But with the show, they have to make things more dramatic, and they have to give the ensemble more to do. And so these changes that they're making gives the ensemble more to do. I actually, because when when I knew Shonda Rhimes was doing it, I was concerned. That yeah. it was just going to be super soapy, soap opera-y. Yeah. And, you know, it was going to be... And I was really happy. So they they have added uh, dramatic elements to the mm -hmm. storyline, but they haven't destroyed... It's still charming and, yes. and joyful and... Um, and I thought gorgeous. I realized yeah. like there's talk about how the costumes aren't historically accurate, but it's like, well, yeah, Ariana Grande is playing right now. Of course they're not. <laughs> um, but I thought the I thought the sets, everything was it was just gorgeous to look at. I there's so many shots that I loved. I mean, <laughs> the whole montage of them uh, banging across the estate, like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but even the shooting of that was gorgeous. I wanted to um, say, get some Clorox wipes and follow these people around. <laughs> um, but I love the, like, the last scene when it starts raining and they show just the shots of, like, the raindrops falling on everything. It was just so beautiful. And, like, the the, vol the Vox Hall moments with the lights and, and everything. The dancers. And it was just beautiful and sweeping yeah. and epic and yeah. it was wonderful yes and yes most of it was not historically accurate but you know what Whatever. it's a fiction story yeah. and so we're moving forward um i also loved lady danbury and the addition of queen charlotte who's just like this gossip thirsty like <laughs> diva <laughs> i love well i think it was a way to bring in you know uh all the storylines because she is just living for all this stuff yeah. that's going on and she's kind of needling things along and yeah um, what do you make of the Lady Whistledown reveal? Well, I know you have thoughts on this. I do. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, and I've posted this in the group, so it's, people already know. Um, but I saw an interview with Nicola Coughlin, who plays Penelope, and she said, um, 
I think it was really smart of them to reveal Lady Whistledown because anybody could go online and look up who is Lady Whistledown and it would be spoiled within seconds. And then the internet would just spoil it everywhere. Yeah. Like, it, everybody would know who Lady Whistledown was regardless of whether they showed it or not in at the end of the first season. It would just be the, the way the internet works. Um, so I... I thought it was smart of them. I was a little taken aback. I'm like, wow, they're they're revealing who Lady Whistledown is so early. But then when I saw that interview, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Well, and and it will be fun now to watch her trying to maintain that. Well, and this is another element that adds drama. And so now we're going to get to see Penelope trying to keep it a secret. Well, and And all those people who compared it to Gossip Girl, which Gossip Girl wasn't... I never watched Gossip Girl, but I, I'm assuming it wasn't re- revealed until the very no, it, end of the yeah, series. Very close to the end. So, um, you know, it's not like Gossip Girl. It's yeah. got its own, it's its own thing. Yeah. And um, I think it will be fun to watch her trying to, you know, keep her anonymity. Anonymity. And now we'll get to kind of like watch her at balls and be like, I see you. I see you, girl. I see. <laughs> and it was funny because they were asked to leave the one ball or the one, I guess it was a musicale yeah. that they were asked to leave. And so she couldn't report on it because they weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> and the one, and the, and she got really mad. She's like, there's not even a mention of my musicale in the in yeah. little whistle down. And she's all upset. And I was like, well, shouldn't kick Penelope out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I'm excited to see that. I'm also curious to see if maybe they st- start the Colin and Penelope story next season. Um, I'm curious to see, like, timeline, how that's all going to work. Because obviously we're going to get a second season. Oh my gosh, please, will there be a second season? I will die if there's not a second season. I will write letters. <laughs> I don't know who I'd write them to, but I will write letters. Dear Mr. Netflix. <laughs> Dear Mr. Netflix, because I'm sure that's his name. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously we liked it a, a heck of a lot. Um. I know that there's people that feel differently, and that makes me sad, but... I really loved it. Sad for them. But I, I, I really think it's as good as we could possibly ask for. Um, I think a lot about this film adaptation class that I saw, like literary film adaptation and that I took in college. And, you know, it's, it's hard to adapt a book, especially like, I can't imagine like a series of books into a TV series. Well, like, and something that's as well loved as it is, because yeah. you gotta, you know, even like when a Star Wars movies come out, come out, and everybody they got you got your haters. There's lots of haters because yeah. it's not as great as they wanted it to be. And you guys, I love that Shonda Rhimes is like such a huge fan of the books, and she's just like she's on record saying like I want we're going to adapt all eight of these stinking books. Like this you go is Shonda because I'm on board, <laughs> yeah, and I will watch them all. Yeah. Um, so those are our thoughts on Bridgerton, and um, I would love to hear more from you guys on what you think. I know we have a thread going on the Facebook group, so if you want to chime in over there and let us know what you're thinking, you know, on rewatches and things like that. Or even I, if you just want to because I think chime in on, you know, when this is posted. Yeah. Um, so thanks so much for joining us again. If you'd like to join us on January 11th for Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub.com. Uh, don't forget at gmail.com. <laughs> don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Ellen, you're so welcome. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to everybody out there. Yes. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.